2: Welcome in, welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs post-game show. The Kansas City Chiefs absolutely dominated from start to finish the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a 41-31 victory. Patrick Allen, Adam Best, Sterling Holmes, and Matt Vertoram going to break down all of this action for you before we get into it we're just going to get the business out of the way i am celebrating with a beer from our sponsor the kansas city beer company i'm i'm doing the winter bock. it's fucking incredible oh you're going with the n.a Verter, I'm, I'm
3: they... going with the spritz. The, uh, the spritz. You guys are talking it up so much. I feel oh, yeah, like... yeah, the
2: spritz, the spritz. Yeah, you're going to get a nice, refreshing. This was a nice, refreshing victory for the Chiefs. If you guys could do us a favor, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. It'll get more Chiefs fans in here for this victory party. And if uh, you really want to help us out, at Casey Beer Co. on Twitter, let them know you heard about their beer on this podcast, and they'll give us more money, and we'll do more content and everybody will be happy. All right, let's get into it. I mean, after last week, my God, was there ever more of a night and day performance from a football team? Looked like a complete shit show against the Colts. I literally was watching this game thinking, how in God's name did this team lose to the Colts? I couldn't believe it. Um, but I'm just going to open it up. Open it up the floor. Let's free flow it a little bit. What do you guys think?
4: Let's ride.
2: This is awesome. Let's I mean, okay, with Russell the AFC
4: West, AFC West looking <laughs> like a disaster, the Chiefs Had the opportunity to, again, not an AFC matchup, but still to make a statement. I said going into this game, both teams were going to find their offensive blueprint. They're going to get something going. They both did. The Chiefs looked outstanding. Mahomes outside of one horrendous throw late, which (laughs) what was he thinking? Let's give him a pass because everything else was outstanding. Chiefs offense was rolling. Offensive line I don't know why people were saying the O-line for Candace didn't look good. They're not going to be perfect. They were damn good. They were were busting open holes. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I love the way he runs late. He is not fumbling that ball. Uh, Pacheco looked really, really solid. I mean, as a whole, it was a balanced attack. Mahomes looked good. And it was some great play calling from Andy Reid
5: and company. I got some context on the running game. So the previous high from a running back was 59 yards from Mark Ingram. CEH had 92 tonight. Against Last Tampa. week. Yeah, against Tampa so yeah. far this season. Last week, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon collectively had 68 yards. The Chiefs tonight had 154 yards. The offensive line smashed Tampa. Real statement game.
3: Well, I mean, like you can't, you can't move forward now if you're the Chiefs and sit here and say, well, we just can't run the ball. No, you can run the ball. If you can run against that front to that level, this wasn't a game, and Sterling and I talked about this at halftime. This was not a game where, you know, the Chiefs had a 60-yard run and it skewed the whole line. Their longest run tonight was 20 yards. They had two runs, I believe, that went over 10 yards. And they ran for 189 yards and two touchdowns on 5.1 yards in a Like, that's against a defense that nobody runs on. A lot of teams don't even try to run the ball. And we all talked during the week. I'll be the first one to say it. I was like, look, I wouldn't even waste time running the ball because the the Bucks are so good at stopping it. Kansas City took their soul in that game on an offensive side of the thing. I mean, they really – they just lined up and ran them over. I commented during the game, chatting with my dad. It almost felt personal. Like it yeah. really it really did. Like, it almost felt like – and I wonder – look, people immediately jumped to the Super Bowl. And for Mahomes and Kelsey and Reed, maybe so. That offensive line wasn't in the Super Bowl. I wonder how much of it was Shaq Barrett this week and all the commentary. But well, they, they're they not a good offensive line. Well, I got to tell you, they're pretty fucking good tonight. I mean, they yeah. ran them over with all 18 tires. So you walk away from that game saying, if you can play that kind of a balanced game against that good of a defense on the road in prime time, you ought to be able to play some real good football here moving forward.
2: And we've been talking about the the running backs, right? Like, pick a running back, pick something, develop an identity. I think you've got it now, right? It's With all due respect to Jarek McKinnon, who we all love. We like him coming in on third downs. He's your
3: third it's, down back.
2: Right, he's your third down That's back. It. It's it's Pacheco, it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You go go to those two guys, see who has the hot hand, and then just keep feeding him. And maybe as the season goes on, if – holy shit, Flapjack. <laughs> Flapjack coming in
3: hot. Thanks, man gave $50 bro. on a Wednesday. Oh, man. Yeah, oh. Flapjack,
2: MVP of the podcast. Thanks, Cheers brother. Cheers to you, sir. I Dude, don't even remember what I was you, saying. you, Flapjack. Yeah, yeah, Nobody cares what you were
4: saying. It's the Flapjack, Flapjack post-game the show, baby.
2: That's right. Let me – it's it's Andy Reid logo up on the other side, right? Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes and flapjack, right? That's what I think about when I think about Chiefs kingdom. Appreciate you, brother. What, what did you guys think out of the running game? Clyde Edwards, Alaire, much maligned. I thought he ran really hard, took care of the football. And then Pacheco, you see what, what the Chiefs see in him, right? When he gets the opportunity, hits the holes, runs with a lot of I mean, every I swear to God, every time I thought Pacheco had first contact, he got three or four more yards. He runs like a man possessed. He really does. Angry it's because running. I'm
4: rocking the Priest Holmes hat. See, it's, you're it's all about that. See, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> the run game had to be strong with the Priest Holmes hat coming out. Clyde ran angry, but Chico ran like, you know what? I want to get some snaps. I, I, I feel like I can be the guy. It was great, yeah. healthy Is what it looked like. That was the hardest we've seen Clyde run, in my opinion. Granted, I think he's finally healthy. We saw glimpses last year when he was healthy before he broke the collarbone, what he could show. If Clyde makes that one catch on fourth down, talk about just a hell of a game for, for Clyde edwards lair That was the one blemish for him. Outside yeah. of that, though, I cannot – I mean, Leonard Fournette had, what, negative three yards. Tough night. Yeah, That's a f- fourth overall pick. A guy who is a very solid running back. And Pacheco, Clyde was like not a playoff Lenny tonight. Both outshined. It was like
3: preseason Lenny tonight.
2: I mean, look, I want to crap on the Bucks as much as anybody, but they gave the dude three carries.
3: There's no reason. Yeah,
2: they didn't run the ball. I mean, they, just, they were like, we're not no, going to run there's the a, They were down 21-3 when the right. anthem ended, right.
3: and they had yeah. no choice but to just start throwing it, which, by the way, everybody's going to focus from a negative standpoint on Brady threw for 385, Brady threw for 7.4 yards an attempt in a game where they had no choice but to throw and throw and throw and throw and throw, and throw all night long. I don't know. Like, for me, there's not a single negative to take out of the game. The special teams was excellent. I mean, if you really want to nitpick, look, you could say the D line didn't get the job done with four man pressure. That's fine. You could say that. That'd be about it. And I'm not worried about them. Like, they've been great all season. Like, it happens. Brady got rid of the ball fast for the most part. They were, they were, they were excellent. I mean, they, like, offensively, you couldn't play any better. I mean, they, they just did every – They put it on them from soup to nuts, man, for 60 minutes. And the special teams, Matthew Wright, Hit every kick, and none of them were close, right down the middle. So I said all preseason, all all pregame, I wouldn't let him kick the ball once. Well, I'm <laughs> glad I, I'm glad to let him kick it. Most yeah. of them were the points, but it worked out.
2: Honestly, I would give like he hit a couple field goals. They needed those points. They did. It kept the pressure. It kept the distance from the box. Like this, you know, this game could have gotten close if if the Chiefs had turned the ball over at the wrong time or they miss a field goal. Those little those field goals are important, man. I'd give that guy the game ball. You come in, everybody's eyes are on you. Like, And I think it'd be just a nice show of leadership to the rest they of the team. They shouldn't have right needed there. that last one, though. MVS had a horrendous drop. MVS had a Ugh. drop. Clyde had a drop. Like, NVS is kind of known for having the drops a little bit. Um, he is. But you know who didn't drop the ball this, uh, this week? Travis Kelsey. Absolutely <laughs> crushed the Buccaneers. Nine catches for 92 yards, uh, nine catches on 10 targets. He was especially impactful early in the game. What do you guys think of Kelsey tonight?
4: Oh, he was outstanding. I mean, they established him early. They went to him. They had a game plan, and they executed it. I, I don't know if you, you guys mentioned a little earlier, the Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, they were there for the Super Bowl debacle. I wonder if there was a concerted effort to say, you know what? What happened, happened. Let's try and go out and establish what we can do, get ours, have a little bit of revenge. It's different. This is week four. It's not a Super Bowl, but it's still a little bit of a revenge type situation. Kelsey was just outstanding. As a golfer, for years, I've been hearing PXG say nobody makes golf clubs like they do, period. You know what? They're right. I went in for a fitting and saw for myself, went in to swing the PXG Black Ops driver and let me be honest. I was skeptical. Well, again, I, I loved my old driver. I had a uh, another very popular big-name brand. I love my driver. But they brought me in just to, to put it to the test. The PXG driver, it won. It was, I don't know, 7 to 10 yards longer. The dispersion was better. And the fitting experience was legitimately phenomenal. You know, I went in. Being a skeptic, and I came out being a true believer, it feels like a premium club in your hand, and not just that. The The ability of, of the actual fitting process blew me away. We went from extra stiff to regular stiff shaft. We tried out different weights on the shaft. We tried different shafts in general. Um, we, we were messing with the weights in the driver going from a ten and a half degree driver down to a nine. As someone who has a high launch angle, who gets a lot of loft and height on their ball, I needed something that was a little lower, so we moved the weights to the front of the club. It it was such a wonderful experience. I mean, they analyze every little bit of information to get the perfect fitting just for you. Um, again, I was blown away by the pxg black ops driver pxg made me a believer they'll do the same for every golfer in kansas city visit pxg.com slash arrowhead to schedule your fitting at pxg kansas city Uh, that is 7517 west 119th street in overland park get fitted for any club and you'll get a dozen golf balls free that's pxg.com slash arrowhead to schedule your fitting pxg.com slash arrowhead Limit one dozen golf balls per person. Promotion ends June 30th. Other terms and conditions may apply. See store for details.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done. Which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
6: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? <laughs>
2: Verder you look like you got something to say. Lay well, on. I was going
3: to say, well, I don't want to miss. Uh, we had we had Daniel. Please forgive me if, if I screw this up because I hate when people throw my last name. But uh, Daniel Awadian, who said, uh, most complete game in about two years, want to shake off that Super Bowl loss. What will they do to Cincy? CEH looks like a first round pick. I love this team. And that was a super chat, Daniel, for $10. Say thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. That's awesome. Uh, well, yeah, I was thinking about that. It's got, I think it's. You guys can correct me if I'm missing a game. To me, it's the most complete game they played since they put it on Buffalo in the AFC title game. Where they just where they just destroyed the Bills for 60 minutes. It feels like even though this game, like it only felt like it was ever in doubt because Brady was on the other side. She so always had that respect of like you just never know what's going to happen. But they I mean, Tampa really never got in the game. They never got it to one score. They never I mean, it really they never threatened. Like if if you weren't emotionally invested in this game, you would have just been like, yeah, they blew him out, they killed them. Like the game was never really close. It's a great win. It's a, it, You now move to three and one and you're sitting there looking at it going, all right, three and one, and you're playing the Raiders next week. Oh, by the way, the Raiders defense, I think, is going to hold a joint pressure and retire after that game. I mean, they just hung 41 on the Bucks. Who's on the Raiders defense? It even remotely scares you other than Crosby. So Nobody. Good, good luck to them in eight days.
2: Uh, we got another super chat from our guy, uh, Eric. Eric. Um, uh, love you guys second season following you is it me or does it feel like if Pacheco can learn the offense he's a real handful out there also this team lives in and, and dies with 15 man when he's dialed in we're unstoppable. I agree uh, Edric you know man I do think Pacheco's special and I think right now it's it's probably like he doesn't know all the protections. He's a rookie. They don't maybe trust him on third down, ball security, stuff like that, you know, and they're and they're gonna ease him in. I think maybe by the time we get to the second half of the season, you may see a lot more of him. Um he flashes when he's out there. I mean, would you guys agree?
4: He does, but I like the almost drive by drive situational basis, not same drive. Let's get Clyde a couple touches, then let's get Isaiah Pacheco a couple touches. Almost what they were doing with what's it, Rashad White and Leonard Fournette for Tampa Bay. You can get into a better rhythm when you know when you're going to be in. And I think we saw that. I do think it's healthy competition. I think we're going to see a decent timeshare throughout the season. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is very fine in pass, protect, uh, pass protection. I think he's getting uh, used and utilized better in the passing game. But I do think both bring a little something different to this offense.
2: Yo, shout out Mike, our guy Mike in Sweden. Mike's been with us. <laughs> for a long time used to watch when we used to do the show earlier in the day during the week appreciate you brother uh uh, cheers to you he says to the best crew and Casey. beers on me uh go chiefs go chiefs indeed brother um man we appreciate you all support so much i'm telling you like we get so jacked up to do this show for you guys especially when we get to do a victory party and when you guys do the super chats and stuff like that. It's 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 so we can keep expanding the show, you know, and we've been trying to keep delivering for you. So appreciate you. Um, hats off to all of you. If you want to support us, again, on an ongoing basis and join our community, tonight was lit. Tonight was the most I've ever seen going on in the Arrowhead Addict Discord for members. During the game, the Chiefs channel was on fire. The Ring of Honor channel was on fire. Super active. So it was it was a lot of fun. And a lot of people were talking about how much fun they were having. I've got a question for you
5: guys on Pacheco. Yeah, go ahead. Do you think his vision is getting better because he ran behind such a horrendous offensive line at Rutgers that you know this guy didn't have a lot of opportunities to to rip off runs? So just something for consideration there.
3: I, I think his vision got better because the five guys in front of him were pushing Tampa about six yards He's down. Okay. Vea. How, how many times did the chief pull guys out and nobody even touched the back for like five yards, six yards? Now I will say. To your point, there were a couple times you thought like, he might get two or three, and then he'd score through a hole and get six or seven. And there were also a few times where they actually did get hit near the line of scrimmage and they just pushed and pushed. And pushed. I guess it felt personal in this game. Like it yeah. really, I think it was a combination of what happened in the Super Bowl, the week of all the talk leading up to this game, and that Colts game. Like sometimes you just play a team on the wrong week. And I'll be the first to tell you, I thought the Chiefs might catch Tampa on the wrong week with everybody getting healthy, Brady not playing well last week. Well, they caught the Chiefs on the wrong fucking week because it, just lined up and
5: took it to them all night. They were the MJ, and I took that personally. Meme. Yes, I just think they've been stewing on the Super Bowl, and also Mahomes. The last thing that dude wants to hear is about Brady for no- beating him for another week. Right. Yeah, you know what it, I mean.
4: So I don't want to talk about the Mahomes last interception because I don't want to spoil what is a victory party. So let's talk about the magic play he made, where he was dancing around forever. Throws it like a little jump pass, like he's Don Tari Poe. Right, that was a Don Tari Poe jump pass going on right there. That was just spectacular. No other quarterback in the NFL spins out of those of those tacklers, <laughs> makes that play, has the wherewithal to throw the ball up like that. I mean, it was just magical. He does we it every. Put couple- the, weeks. Uh,
5: we need to put the Harlem Globetrotters music to that. I think <laughs> it re- he does it every couple weeks, and it's just like you.
2: How many touchdowns have the Chiefs scored? Like red zone touchdowns? Yeah, all well, Andy Reid's window dressing and all that stuff. But how many touchdowns have they scored because of Mahomes being down there running around doing something ridiculous, extending the play as long as possible, giving guys a chance? I mean, it's inc- Somebody should go through and tally them up. Not me because I'm lazy, but somebody should. <laughs> just so we have a we have a stat. By the way, what did you what did you guys think of the uh, of the misdirection? play that they did down there where the play clock was winding down. Mahomes was yelling at Travis Kelson, They snap it to Noah Gray. and get it, was the awesome. it, was it was awesome. It was awesome.
5: How
4: long have I been saying they needed to uh, use QB sneaks? How often have I yeah. said the, the easiest way to get one yard is just to fall forward with the quarterback? Well, if you're right. not going to use Mahomes as a QB sneak, use him as a distraction. Have Noah Gray pull out the Blake Bell, you know, roll, fall forward. Easy. I love that play. That was creative. It wasn't overthinking because it wasn't anything over the top. You're not doing an end to with McColl Hardin in that situation. That was the right time for that right play.
3: Look, I don't, I mean, they were great in the red zone tonight. I mean, the red zone, they were they were utterly done. In fact, I'm going to look this up quick. I think they were, what, six trips to the red zone tonight? Uh, they're five of six in the red zone. And the last one was when they were essentially just, like, playing for a field goal. So they were five of five to start the game. They – had 417 yards worth of offense. They had 228 yards passing, 189 yards rushing. On third down tonight, the Chiefs were 12 of 17. I mean, you just you couldn't play any
5: better. And yeah. they had two drops. So yeah. they should have been 14 for 17, really. I,
3: I mean, they were, like, this game, sometimes, like like last week, it almost felt like the Chiefs were in a coma offensively. It really did. It was like, they're like, All right. you know, I wonder, I wonder with, and this isn't just the Chiefs, but with, with good teams in general, it's human nature, I think, sometimes to look at a team and just go, we're going to kill that team. We're better than them. We're just going to beat them, whatever. I think the Chiefs knew, A, they were, I think, embarrassed after last week. But I also do think there was a little bit of like, hey, look, if we don't play our best, if we don't come out with our A game, like we could get embarrassed on national television. And when they play their A game, they're going to beat just about everybody in football, if not everybody in football. And tonight, offensively, you saw it. Uh, By the way, Shaquille Barrett, who had a lot to say before the game, Four tackles, no sacks, no tackles for loss, no pressures. Good night. It was so, a
2: coming out party.
3: Look, they I mean, they were dominant. They were dominant. And now you get an extra day of rest because they play on Monday. By the way, I want to say thank you quick to a couple of super chats that came in uh, from the Ring of Honor's newest member, Jess Farris, who donated $20. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate you, and and then Shane Falco, awesome quarterback.
2: Yeah, very good. Dropped
3: in five bucks. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate you. It's great to see the O-line bounce back and Andy be disciplined all night running the ball. Big question is do you think Andy will actually stick with this? I don't know if they'll stick with it, but I'll say this. If they don't, it's really dumb. Like, you <laughs> – I mean, like, honestly. Yeah. How dumb would you have to be not to stick with this? Like, you just took the ball – the Raiders can't stop the four of us, okay? You just took the ball and crammed it down Tampa's throat. The whole night. If you're them, you should want to play like this all the time. Right? They were unstoppable tonight. If they didn't beat themselves a few times in third downs, as Adam pointed out, they would have scored 50 points. I mean, Tampa had no answer for them the whole night. Nothing. Guys were running open. They had. They ran outside. They ran up the middle. They ran delays. Everything they did went for eight yards. So, yeah, I, I would hope so. I was impressed by Andy Reid that nothing tonight felt cute. It was just, we're going to execute, here it comes, stop it.
2: Yeah, they ran 37 times and passed 37 times. It felt a lot in many ways like the first game of the season where they dominated the Cardinals. They seemed uh confident on offense. They seemed aggressive on offense. They weren't having a lot of negative plays. They just kept moving the ball and they kept they kept running it. And and to 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 Shane Falco's point, that was that was the thing. I was just waiting for the drive where they just threw it three times and and that was it, right? Where they got a first down, run in the ball, and then they just threw the rest of the draft. They didn't do it. They kept going back to the run, feeding those running backs, and look what happened. I guarantee
3: The difference the, is the, go ahead. I Matt. Was gonna say the, all I was going to say was I guarantee the craziest stat we'll see all year long. The Chiefs outrushed Tampa tonight, 189 to three. I mean, that. I know like I get the score played as part of the, some of that. That is insane. 189 to three.
5: That's, yeah. That's bananas. Adam, what were you going to say? I was just going to piggyback on your point that Arizona is a mess, right? One of the more dysfunctional teams in the NFL. And this is one of the best teams in the in the NFL, certainly in the NFC. So big difference in, in kind of taking these guys to the woodshed and blowing out Arizona.
4: Yeah, very selfish of Mahomes, by the way, to make that play. So, the play selfish. And other, so selfish. Mm, I'm sure that'll guys. be the newspaper, some opinion piece from, you know, yeah. someone out of state who just wants to – uh you know, write something disparaging about it. He just wanted letter. to look
5: good. That, that was all that mattered to him.
4: Yeah,
3: we, we should take a minute, actually, and thank the Kansas City Star for part of this game. Yeah. <laughs> because yep. I tweeted out at one point, he looks like he's on an all-time emotional heater. Like, he was going nuts yeah. throughout a damn good chunk of that game. And, uh, yeah, I think as Chiefs fans, everybody ought to thank the Star for putting out one of the craziest opinion pieces I've ever seen. About, it wasn't even an opinion piece. It was like a 65-word diatribe from some lunatic in Illinois. And somehow that lunatic in Illinois wasn't me. And yet, look, you put out an opinion piece. Like, one word to the lie. You have to publish everything that comes into you. Right. Like, I don't publish all the emails that I get every week, or or we would have a problem with side. So like, I But I'd like to thank the star for doing it, because I'm sure that played into his rage. So all of it... Worked out really well for the Chiefs.
5: Motivational
2: 40 chess. Yeah. You know, I want to say something about that too, that whole thing. It really pissed me off. And Look, I get it, right? Your paper, you want to get... And, and first, all, I want to say there's a lot of really tremendous reporters at the Kansas City Star and, you know, publications make mistakes sometimes. But unfortunately, when they do, it reflects on everybody who works there. You got to... Every single letter to the editor section and every newspaper in America is a complete disaster, Right. Like, but generally the things that the paper publishes, they're like part of the current discourse, right? Like they just raise taxes or there's a war going on or, you know, whatever it is, like people write in about it and, you you know, they're at you're adding to the conversation, maybe something that's in the paper. This letter to the editor that was in the Kansas City Star about Patrick Mahomes was so Fucking preposterous! It said it had absolutely no substance. It was just like Patrick Mahomes is a me guy. Did it give an example of a time he was a me guy? No. It was just some crazy bat shit opinion. And then they ran it. And then they made a whole graphic for it. And they published it. And they were and they put opinion there. And they threw it on Twitter. Twitter and everybody thought somebody had written an editorial at the Kansas City Star calling Patrick Mahomes selfish. It was so absurd. Then they doubled down on it.
5: Just left it up all day. They should be embarrassed. By publishing that. The real Absolutely. question is how many letters did they get that were better than that one? Like how many right. other things could they have published?
4: No, we that... know why they did that. Come on. But it was going to get clicks. If We know why they if, did it. Why if, do you think they, you're going to hear Skip Bayless tomorrow say, well, Tom Brady outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Here's why. We know why they do it. It's right. to get clicks. It gets right. engagement.
2: But listen, man, my, ho- my job is getting clicks. All right. I've been doing it for 13 years. I can tell you that whoever if, if some if that was somebody's on it I hope it was just an honest mistake because if that was if somebody was like this is my scheme that we'll do this and we'll get a lot of clicks if they did that they should be fired because they lost more goodwill and probably more subscribers than and, and somebody who knows how much clicks are worth on a per click basis they needed a hell of a lot more clicks than they got from that story to make up for any goodwill that they lost and the loss of subscriptions from that so Ran on the Kansas City Star over, but like I just I had to get that out. It's been driving me fucking nuts all weekend.
3: First of all, well said. I'm proud of you. Secondly, um, <laughs> okay. Secondly, like that is one of the dumbest fucking decisions editorial I've ever seen. Yeah. If you're, by the way, if you're them, good luck getting an exclusive with him. Have fun with that. Right, good luck, yep. guys. Have 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 a really really good time trying to get him to now. And I don't blame him. I'd be pissed because you're right. There was no substance. But anyway, to get back to the game. I think all of that factored in this week, all of it. And i and I be the first one to tell you, sometimes I don't put a lot of stock in that stuff. I think, like, look, once you get between the lines, you play and you execute and you don't, right? Like, nobody's, nobody's sitting there on third and sixth in the huddle going, you know what, fucking star's opinion piece? We're going to show <laughs> them. <That's laughs> right? Like Nobody – that's not going to happen. But what I do think it did was I think all of it, between the, what happened with the star, what happened with the offensive line last week, the performance overall – the Bucks talking a bunch of shit. It, it lit a fire under their ass, right? I think that that clearly, you know, we've seen Mahomes have have a couple games where he's done that in the past, right? Where like he'll he'll throw up his four fingers, you know, with Lamar. He'll do the ten thing with Trubisky. That game almost like that stuff just felt like petty Mahomes, you know? That felt they were just pissed. Like they, it just felt like they were angry, and they took it. They put it on him. They put it on a team that they very well might even see in the Super Bowl. Who knows? They whip them up and down the field all night. I give them a lot of credit for it.
4: Let's give a couple shout-outs to Edrick. God bless the star. Thank you. Thank you to Derek <laughs> Watson me. for the tip. Really appreciate that. Thank you to Ron. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. What about Jody Fortson in the red zone? It yeah. looked so easy. I don't know why the Chiefs don't use him in the red zone more. He was a noticeably absent when the Chiefs play the Colts in the red zone. I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but it looked like Fortson was not not even in the game in those situations, but it feels like anytime he's on the field in the red zone, he makes an impact.
2: He's the guy, man. He's the red zone guy. Now, to be fair, they haven't been in the red zone a lot the last couple of weeks, because the offense has been kind of atrocious. So I think, and we said this in the, after the first game against the Cardinals that we'll, we'll probably see a Jody Fortson touchdown every game and a half or so. I really believe that for the rest of the season. Mahomes, obviously, they, they talked on the broadcast a couple of weeks ago. Mahomes was saying, how can I get Jody and more, more touches? He was saying that to the offensive staff. And obviously, there's a lot of mouths to feed. That's great. He's he's your red zone guy. That's his utility on this team. And it's just another thing for teams to worry about when they get down there. What the a red. luxury
5: when Kelsey's covered, you get another tight end monster.
2: Right, right. And you still can use, you've got Noah Gray down there. now you he's got no slacks. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's fantastic for the Chiefs.
4: What do you guys think of the play from Watson going up against Mike Evans for the majority of the night? Mike Evans came down with a couple of incredible catches reminiscent of Jamar Chase over Chavirius Ward, right? But I think for the most part, Watson was in the right spot at the right time against a elite wide receiver. What did you take away overall from his performance?
3: I thought Jalen Watson played his ass off. I thought he played a really good game. Honestly, he tweeted out something after the game, like, I'll be better. I'm like, bro, if you're any better, the Chiefs should have picked you in the first round. I, I don't know what else you could have wanted, honestly. I mean, the throw that, that was made to Evans in the end zone, that's a perfect throw and a great catch. It's two
5: Hall of Famers, right?
3: Nothing you do. I mean, that's – look, Watson did what he's supposed to do as a corner. He made it a really, really hard play. And he, and they made it. You got to give credit sometimes. Yeah. The the, the play, the, the, like the H-back, look. Again, to be fair. Like he was right where he should have been. Like I don't know what else you could have done. By the way, on a, and this this has no bearing on the game, so it shouldn't matter. But it's infuriating me when it was called in the, in the moment. That penalty on Thornhill in the back of the end zone was a horrendous call. What is he supposed to do? <laughs> Grab him around the waist and go dancing? What I mean, yeah. what is he supposed to do with him? I mean, he went shoulder down. to shoulder. I mean, was, he, that no was nobody would ever say it was late. He hit him. It's literally, it's like a teaching tape on how to hit a guy. And they're like, it doesn't matter. It's a penalty. I, I give one Thornhill credit. He took it. So I would have went berserk and probably gotten thrown out of the game if I was Juan Thornhill. Like, that was that, and the penalty on fortune, the holding call. Oh,
2: man. Yeah, that was bullshit, the
5: too. The
3: guy fell over. Yeah. Like, no, look, it doesn't matter. But the reason that annoys me is like, can you imagine if that was like a game deciding type play. Like that Thornhill play happened when, you know, who knows? It was 28 to 10, but the Bucs were driving. Those two calls. Mike, I know the Chiefs, like they'll get their benefit of the doubt calls and that. It happens. It evens out. I truly believe it. But like those, those calls were so bad yep. in the moment I was floored. That being said, I I honestly, I know it's a weird thing to say on the night where Brady threw for 385, although he did it on 52 attempts. I thought the corners were pretty good, honestly. Like I thought Sneed did a good job. I thought Watson did a great job. The safeties were good. I thought it was they didn't get pressure with four. And stats are always going to skew in games like this when a team is just throwing it all night because they have no other way to move the ball and they're trailing. So I know the stats look weird. I really thought the secondary played a pretty good game, honestly. I thought it was more the the lack of a pass rush and the score just dictating a game where Brady was going to throw and throw and throw, and the Chiefs were going to trade some time for points.
5: I thought Legereus Sneed was the best player on the entire defense tonight. He had that big sack where he just annihilated Brady – and he led the team with eight tackles. Yeah. He's just, when he's on top of his game, he's just everywhere. It's kind of yeah. like, how is this guy just everywhere at once?
2: And remember, this is a team without Trent McDuffie, their first round pick. So when he comes back, you, you're, you're getting all this extra playing time for Watson, right? Early in the season. And he's he's rising to the challenge. So now you plug in McDuffie and now you're looking a lot more formidable. And I agree with you, Verteram. Sometimes it was frustrating because the, the, the Bucks were moving the ball, but you have to put it into context. It's the GOAT. You got a couple of Hall of Fame-level wide receivers out there running around. Their offense is finally – they're trailing. The the, the way that the Chiefs were playing defense, did you find yourself watching and going, oh, that guy was out of position? Or, oh, they let a guy get behind him. There's a big play. All that shit that was happening last year with Sorensen running around back there? No, it's like, yeah, they were getting plays underneath. Not Some chunk plays, but they were keeping them in front of them. They were where they were supposed to be. You, 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 wouldn't, like, you wouldn't have blamed Watson if like he let Evans get behind him for a, for a big touchdown play, right? Like I thought they did great. This was a great lit, litmus test for them. This is as good of an offense as they're going to see until Buffalo. So, uh, you know,
5: good for them, man. Great game. And what about the rookies? Brian yeah. Cook, big pass breakup. George Karloftis had a huge moment early on. And Sky Moore, we've all been clamoring for more Sky Moore. He had two pretty nice receptions and played a lot more snaps. So, I mean, what a class! What a rookie class!
4: Yeah, because Johnny in hands uh, came in handy, huh?
3: Biggest <laughs> <laughs> hands kid. in the draft class, baby. They need to play that kid more. But yeah, to your point, man, look, McDuffie's looked really good when he was, you know he was on the field, and, and then you have Jalen Watson. I, I don't, I don't give a rat's ass when he was drafted. That kid can play. And that kid can flat out play. You got him. I thought Carl Off to sure he had the tackle for a loss early in the game. Well, you'd love to see him get a sack, but I think he's played well by and large. Tonight tonight was probably as quiet as night, but I thought, again, he's played well. I mean, I'm not upset with the way he's played. So I feel good about that. You know, they've they've gotten a lot. They've gotten a lot. It's been look, well, when they get Reed, excuse me, when they get McDuffie and Gay back, who's the weak link defensively on this team? I mean, who is it? Who's the guy that, like, if you're an offense, you're like, I'm picking on that guy? I don't know who that is. Frank. So Clark I mean.
5: Frank. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, you you to
3: realistically, like, well, yeah, and Frank, yeah. yeah. But but again, how, how much longer is Frank playing? I mean, I, I got to tell you, I think at some point here, it's going to be Dunlap's job because he's better than him. And yeah. so you start looking at that and you're going, all right, look, Saunders has been really good inside. Naughty can plug the run. You got Jones there. Karloftis, Dunlap, Clark, Dana, who played very well before he got hurt. Like, that's that's a good rotation. It's a good rotation. They got great linebackers. And then in the secondary, especially to me, I got to look, it's nothing against Fenton. I would put Fenton in as a rotational player, and I would keep watching McDuffie on the outside and play Sneed in the slot and then have Thornhill and Reed over the top. Who are, you, who are yes. you going after? Say whatever you want about Rashad Fenton. If he's your fourth corner, you're pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean he, you know, he's he's an average corner. He's your fourth guy. So you look at all these guys, it's like where's where's the guy that you're like okay in, in past years? It's been Neiman, it's been Sorensen, right? It's always who's the guy? Who are you targeting? They are they are going to be just fine defensively and offensively. If they play anything like
5: this. Have fun. Well, Brady was going after Watson, and I think for a rookie to hang in there against Brady and, and Mike Evans and Godwin and Julio Jones and. You know, that's an insane receiving room. So yeah, they tested him and he's, you know, he hung in there.
4: I would say that the, the one thing I would want the Chiefs to do defensively, the only thing that's really lacking is the lack of pressure with four guys. They have yeah. Chris Jones and Karloff has been fine in spurts. He's not been a detriment, but you mentioned it'd be nice to see a sack, right? Frank Clark, we touched on before. Uh, Carlos Dillon has been fine as a rotational piece, but they're not getting consistent pressure up front with four guys. Didn't hurt him today. They got away with it. Also, did you know Tom Brady lather himself up with olive oil, avocado oil, something because they couldn't they couldn't take him down? But that's the one thing I would say. All right, let's see how this progresses going forward.
5: Yeah, and he look- needs to give uh, blitzing lessons because Fenton just just whiffed, totally whiffed. Yeah, you know what though? I mean, Carl Loftus is just going to get better.
2: And he made that play. He made tonight for the the tackle for a loss that killed the drive. That killed the drive. That put him in a long situation. They weren't able to get the first down. Tampa punted, gave the Chiefs a stop. Right. So that just that one play that he made that we saw was so huge. And it's it's that's been his mo since the preseason. Is every game he does something. He does something. He's a playmaker. I think he's going to be fine later in the season. Let's get you guys in the in the audience involved. Let us know. In the chat, there's like 700 of you watching. You guys are the shit. Let us know who's your player of the game. Who is your player of the game? I want to feature some of you uh, on the show, so get start start firing those in. But let me go to you, Sterling. Who is your player of the game?
4: Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I might go with Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney was noticeably moving guys up front. And there's a reason why all the running backs were having success, right? If only one running back was having success, then you might point at that guy breaking tackles, this, that, and the other. No, no it, it was spread out. Everyone was performing. And I thought Joe Tooney by far was the best offensive lineman today.
2: Love it. I agree. He was flying around out there. We're going, we're getting some in from the chat. Grace uh, Grace Garrett says, Sneed. Derek Watson says, Sneed. A lot of Sneed. Sloth Style says, CEH. Really good game for CEH. Tungsten agrees with CEH. Justin Rose, uh, boy, it's moving so fast, I can't keep up with them. Christina says Patrick Mahomes the II. Um, somebody said the whole O-line. Oh, Robert, our guy Robert the Bruce, what's up, brother? Uh, yeah, the whole O-line, absolutely. AC says Mahomes, CEH and Sneed. MT says Mahomes. Um, Bob Johnson says Kelsey set the game right from the beginning with a key third, key third down catches. Uh, Adam Best, who is your player of the game?
5: I've got the need for Sneed, man. <laughs> I agree yes. with a lot of the, I agree with a lot of the chat. He was, uh, he was sensational the night. And I think that moment where he just hit a pal driver on Tom Brady really, uh, really got to Brady. You saw him kind of wincing and seeing if he could throw in the sideline. And, uh, for a guy that likes to stay in the, in the pocket and just be comfortable back there and, you know, kick back in his recliner, you got to make him a little uncomfortable. So I thought that was a really big moment in the game. Kevin says the
2: coaching staff. That's a good one. Somebody out there said uh, a flapjack flapjacks the flag flapjack and Mike in Sweden uh, for sure. Uh, Ashley binder says Sneed. Uh, Kevin says Kelsey with the clutch third downs. Shane, Shane Falco says kill a trav Oregon fishing says the entire team. That, and that's a really good point for Oregon fishing. Uh, another longtime viewer of the show. They just did it as a team, and that's what they needed in this game after last week's complete disaster. Because if if uh, last week was it was the ultimate team loss where everybody had a hand in it, this week was an ultimate team victory. Verteram, who was your player of the game? The old man texted
3: me and is dropping his two cents. He says, "Kelsey, um, you know what? I'm going to kind of cop out here. The offensive line. This is all. I mean they they dominated up front. Absolutely. I mean who." If somebody had said to you, give me a total, what are the Chiefs going to rush for? What would, I mean, honestly, what would you say, 50 yards tonight? Like, if, if that, they were unbelievable. And, like, you could, you could cover a million. You talk about the running backs, either one of them, right? I mean, you could talk about Kelsey. You could talk about Snead. Hell, somebody said Lamon's in there. Lamont's, I always mispronounce. Hell, first play of the game, you set the tone. The first play of the game. So there, was, there were a lot of guys – but I think for me, it's just that off that front five. They they dominated the game. They get and, and honestly, again, they should come out against the Raiders and play the exact same way because if they can do that against Tampa, they're doing it against the Raiders if they yeah. want to.
5: Nobody's even mentioned Juju yet. He had yeah. you know five catches, had some big moments. I really like that screen. That's no. the way to use that guy. You know, get him in mismatches and and rack up the yak. Yeah, just get the ball to those guys. I look for my for my player of the game,
2: it's got to be Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is so important to this team right now. And when that offense was struggling, what did they do? Is as uh as Sterling said, at the halftime show establish the Kelsey. It came out like what what do we we need to get our offensive going. We've been stuck in the mud for two weeks. We need to get the ball to our best player on offense. That's Travis Kelsey. Got him going early. Started moving the ball, and then that was kind of everything opened up. Like everybody relaxed. They started moving the football. They were running well. They were throwing. Everybody was getting involved. Uh, so for him, for me, it's it's Kelsey because he's just so goddamn important to what they do. Um, Slot styles. Thank you for the super chat, man. Says uh, how does how did Veach find these seventh round wonders, Watson and Pacheco? Anybody want to take that one?
4: He's been so good. Late in rounds in, in the NFL draft. It's been incredible. I mean, Rashad Fenton as a sixth rounder, uh, Legere Sneed even in the fourth. It feels like he has a good grasp of find an attribute, find a certain trait, and see if you can develop that player. They did it with Traverius Ward. I know that was a trade for Parker Anger, right? But that was an undrafted cornerback. They do a very good job of finding a certain skill set that that one player can excel at, developing him into a useful player. They're doing the same thing with Pacheco, same thing with Watson. They found something, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. I don't know what it is, but they have a certain thing they look for and they know what it
2: is.
5: I don't understand Pacheco. He's 216 pounds and runs a sub 4440. I don't care how bad he was in college because he played on one of the worst teams in the country. Right. You you take a chance on a guy like that. Fifth, sixth round it's just insane that he lasted that long. Well, and Brett Veach leading up to the
2: draft talked about how he thought there was a lot of really good value at the running back position that would be be there in the later round. So he did his scouting. And look, here's a guy, Brett Veach, friend of the show, um, been on the show. You know, he, he took Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the end of the first round. And that worked out how it worked out, right? But he's also, he's growing as a GM. He sees, okay, like, There's talent. There's there's talent, particularly at the running back position, which has been somewhat devalued over the last few years as people realize you can get talent later in the rounds. I thought it was a really smart uh, play for him to go after Pacheco there. Uh, And now the Chiefs are reaping the benefit of that, because if you can get contributors and starters in the sixth and seventh round, like Brett Veach has been doing consistently, that's how you end up with the deep roster that the Chiefs have today.
4: Uh, I have a question for uh, Patrick Allen. Actually, okay. Uh, the, the rumor was that if the Chiefs scored enough points, you were going to pop the top off and go shirtless for the uh, postgame show. Uh, I see you're still wearing that Kansas City Chiefs hoodie. Uh, any rumors to these uh, allegations?
2: Uh, th- th- those are those are uh, I cannot confirm or deny those rumors. But no, the, the, the last thing that everybody needs after that game and everyone's feeling good and happy is me <laughs> to take off my shirt. But I I do want Should to get walk. some
5: stripper music. Do do right. Do. <laughs> Do, do, I do. Want to my genuine
2: in the background
5: is going on.
2: <laughs> Look at this sucker. This is straight from the '90s. I've held on to this thing forever. Look at the flames. The That's fire. That's pure These Marty
5: the- Ball injected
2: yeah, into my veins, right ball there. Chief, vintage. Do you guys have any like like throwback vintage chief stuff that you hung on to? I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. It's a great hat.
3: <laughs> yes, I have a 93 Western Division champion sweatshirt that actually was given to me by Josh Hill, who's a Bucks fan, talked a lot of smacks. So go to hell. Mm-hmm. Hill. Um, <laughs> have that. I got a Derek Thomas jersey from 94, um, a Montana jersey. So, yeah, a few different things, but I got a Neil Smith uh, still. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, hey, listen, uh, there's plenty to choose from. I got a Dawson jersey somewhere. Um, do they, uh, they played like a like a, a fine vintage tonight. They they couldn't have been uh, any any more perfect, really, from an offensive standpoint. And then defensively, like I know I know the stats will be one of these things where it's like, well, you know, thirty one points. You know, I mean, whenever they had to stop, they stopped. Them. I mean, that, and that doesn't mean they can't improve on some things. Again, their four man pass rush wasn't good enough. You got to be better there. Um, but I thought all in all, you got to get on the charter tonight and feel pretty damn good. You really – I mean, I don't know that you can get on that plane and be going, yeah, you know what, kicked the shit out of Tampa in their building on primetime, but yeah, didn't sack Brady enough. Like, look, I mean, any game you could sit there and, and nitpick something. In the end, when you play good teams like that, to win is good enough to blow them out, is even better. The Chiefs did that. I think as bad as that Colts loss was, this kind of erases that now. Because you're 3 and one I don't know that anybody was like, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be four and zero out of this, right? Like three and one. I think most people would have taken the beginning of the year. They go home. They play the Raiders on Monday night. Look, let's be real. They should beat the Raiders. So, you know, if they can do it and they handle business, they'll be four and one. And the other part of this thing too, from a bigger picture, this division is not good. We all thought it was going to be good. This division stinks.
5: How much ink was wasted on this division in the offseason? Man,
3: a lot. Okay, some of it by yours truly. This division stinks. Denver is not good. I'm not going to say Denver is going to be like brutal. Denver's a 500 team. The Raiders are probably somewhere like a seven to eight win team. The Chargers are probably the best of the year, three teams. Like they're probably in my eyes anyway, like a nine to a ten win team with these injuries. The Chiefs, if they don't get hurt, they're they're going to win this division with a couple games to go. I mean, there's, there's better than these teams. So I think you look at, it and know, all right. Listen, you're three and one. You're largely healthy. You're getting Gay back in a few weeks. You should be getting back McDuffie pretty soon. Dana back pretty soon. Uh, maybe even next week. Doesn't seem like they came out of tonight with any big injury. So you walk out of this going, look. I mean, big picture, you feel great. You're tied for the best record in the conference. The conference doesn't look nearly as strong as people thought it was going to be, right? The, the the Ravens and Bengals play each other next Sunday night. So one of them's losing. I mean, you're you're in pretty good shape. You're you're in pretty damn good shape if you're the Chiefs right now.
5: Buffalo looked mortal today, you know.
3: Very and yeah. so did so to Baltimore.
2: And that's a it's a long season, right? You, you you can't get too high or too low. The first couple of games, it's a small sample size. See
5: how it plays out. But it's is, where it's where Buffalo looked weak. They looked weak up front, and that could be very problematic.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, especially in the playoffs, you know, you get to January, we had a super chat from uh, Nate S. He said, uh, appreciate you, buddy. It's crazy because Devin white is one of the few players in the league. I think can match up with Kelsey, whether it was scheme or otherwise Kelsey. A. Yeah, man. I mean, like it's just Travis Kelsey, like that, he's Hall of famer, you know, like it's, he's going to get, he's going to get the better of even the best players in the league sometimes. And uh, tonight he did it. And I think, like you don't think you don't think Travis Kelsey took it personally that he dropped that touchdown plat- pass last week? Like that dude, you don't get to the level that
5: Travis Kelsey's at without being really serious about football, right? And when and, the Super Bowl happened, a lot of people were talking about Levante David kind of shutting him down too. So I'm sure that stuck with him.
2: Yeah, yeah.
5: I mean, that was that was a tough one for him last
2: year. He doesn't drop balls, especially in the end zone. That was a tough one, but. You know, you look back at that Colts game, and they're they're a Harrison Butker away from being four and 0 right now. This Chiefs team, even though they didn't play their their best ball, so a freak injury to their kicker, and their you know they would be four and and0. So that's really exciting. As we look ahead, as we extrapolate this thing out, I mean, it's <laughs> the schedule just doesn't let up for these guys. I mean, they do have the Raiders on Monday night, but that's a divisional game. You always got to be careful there, as bad as the Raiders have looked. Um, but then it's then they get the Bills at Arrowhead. Uh, on the 16th then they're going to San Francisco Then they got the Titans who don't look as good as they were supposed to be. Although they, they revived themselves a little bit today. Uh, they're well
5: coached too.
2: Yeah, they're well coached. And then you got the Jaguars who surprise team of the year uh, can do some stuff. Imagine if you don't have a complete dumpster fire of a head coach, you, you play, players might play to their potential. Uh, so it's going to be a tough road. How do you think the chiefs are going to navigate the next few weeks here?
4: First, can I just say Adam with the the Andy Reid, they're, they're a well coached team. Looking forward to the challenge of playing <laughs> the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> right. No, but
5: on that's about all the, you can say about them. That's nice right now.
4: Yeah, yeah some of the games the Chiefs are going to play, the teams aren't as good as expected, but they're still it's still the NFL. The Chiefs lost to the worst team they played so far in the Colts. Right? Uh, it happens. It's yeah. it's the NFL. Uh, this was a bounce back game. We talked about how. If they had Harrison Bucker, they're 4-0. You got to take it week by week. Looking two weeks ahead, who knows? Someone could get injured. Something could happen. Uh, Whenever Willie Gay Jr. comes back, Trent McDuffie comes back, that's just an even better boost to this team. But right now, it seems like it's them, Bills, Ravens in the AFC, and then NFC. This might be the best team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They handled them.
5: Jason I Kelsey. Mean, the Eagles.
4: Eagles. I'll give you the Eagles. I, I'm with you yeah. with the Eagles. I apologize for forgetting that. And all they, Kelsey they Super really
5: Bowl. I think Nile in the chat was calling that out. Kelsey Bowl. Let's do it. I mean. The Andy Reid right, Bowl,
3: right? Right now, the only team in the AFC I think is even a threat to Kansas City is, is Buffalo. I, 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 look, I wrote about this. I led with stacking in the Box for Tomorrow. The Ravens are just so unbelievably reliant on Lamar Jackson, and if he doesn't do everything, they lose everything. He's got to throw for a million yards. He's got to run and lead them in rushing. You know, defensively, they can't get a stop unless they force a turnover. I mean, you know, they've forced like twelve turnovers already this year. They're two and two. They they can't stop anybody. You know, so. It's all or nothing all the time with Lamar. They need Lamar to just be incredible. listen, I have a lot of respect for Lamar Jackson. He's not Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry. Like, he's an incredible, incredible player in a lot of ways. If he has to get into a game where he's just gunning it back and forth, he's not. they're not built to do that. That's not who he is. It's not who they are. The Bengals, I respect, like, if they get it going a little bit, I I actually think in some ways they're more of a threat because of the, the passing game. The Dolphins don't scare me at all. Nobody in the South scares me. Nobody in the West scares me. The Chargers may to some degree, if they can get their crap together, but we've been saying that for 25 years. So, um, look, it's, it's them in Buffalo in the AFC right now. And we're going to see that in two weeks. But, you know, we talk about the schedule all the time. It's like, all right, look, they play the Raiders next week. They ought to win that game. Then they play the Bills. It's a hard game. That's probably a coin flip. We'll see. Then they play the Niners. Like, I respect the Niners. They should beat Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sorry, but they should win the game. And then after that, you get like Tennessee and Jacksonville, and like, they should win. I mean, it doesn't mean they're going to win, you, but they should win those games. Like, they're better than all those teams. So, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, that Niners game is a tough game. Well, that's a tough fucking game for the Niners. <laughs> I mean, it's a hell of a lot tougher for them than it is the other way around. So, you know, listen, you got to go out and perform, otherwise you have what happened last week. But if they play well, they're better than all those teams. With maybe the exception of Buffalo, but other than that, they should beat every one of those teams.
5: What was the Raiders' margin last season between the Chiefs and the Raiders? Like eighty-nine
3: to twenty-four? It was hilarious. It was, <laughs> it was something
5: ridiculous. It's a, yeah. it's a, just a huge mismatch, you know. And and Vegas's defense
2: doesn't seem any better this year at all. They went and they got Devontae Real. Adams. That's great, but they still can't stop anybody. So, um, yeah, they think brought so in Chandler of- Jones. I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah, things are kind of going the Chiefs' way. Interestingly enough, Buffalo is the five seed right now because they're in that same division what? with, with Miami. Miami. So, so that's an interesting race. If the injuries and, and the Chargers being the Chargers just cause them to fall back and the Chiefs are able to run away with the West, that matters that Buffalo has to contend with Miami if Miami keeps winning. And one well, of those Miami's teams, not
5: going to win if Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback. He did all right. Coming in with, you know, Tyreek You know, <laughs> but can we yeah, talk you're, about
4: you're right. how the Chiefs in a reloading year still look like, like the top two team in, in, in the NFL, right? This was a reloading year to an extent. Yeah. Almost all new pieces defensively and at wide receiver, a massive youth movement going on. Most teams are like, okay, maybe we can hopefully make the playoffs. No. Chiefs are a top two team in the NFL with all of these new young pieces. It's incredible.
2: You gotta give it to I mean, Andy Reid, right? I mean, the dude just he just wins. It's Andy and 15.
3: If they continue to play the way they're playing defensively, and I know that's a weird thing to say based off tonight, but and they get Gay and McDuffie back, good luck. Because Offensively, look. I, I talked about this earlier this week. I can't remember which show I was on doing this, but um, like the I was always worried coming into the year about the defense. Like, it's a lot of new pieces, and it's it's an, you know it's just it's an expansive scheme with spags. And I wondered, like, it's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of younger guys. They don't like to play younger guys. What what does it look like? How do they how do they play, especially early? They've kicked a lot of ass early. They've played really well. They're getting two of their better guys back here soon. And I'm looking at them thinking, okay, like, look, they've already played – like, the Cardinals are a a disaster, but they are talented offensively. The Chargers have a ton of talent offensively, especially before Slater got hurt. The Bucs are one of the more talented teams in the league offensively. I know they have not been great offensively, but they've been hurt like crazy. They were healthy tonight. If the Chiefs defense keeps playing like this – like. I will bet all day long on that offense with all that talent to figure it out. I didn't think they'd figure it out tonight. They proved me wrong. They did figure it out tonight in a big way, in a way that I never thought in a million years they would would try to figure it out, but they did. Kudos to them. This offense is going to be fine. Now, whether this is a start of like a consistent run or it's like a little inconsistent, they will eventually be consistent and be fine. If this defense plays to a top five to ten level, they're going to be brutal to beat come December and January. Because you know, offensively, especially in the playoffs, when Andy's like, "I'm playing every play I can possibly get out of my book," like you, they'll be fine. I think right now, again in the AFC, I think they and Buffalo are clearly the two best teams in the conference, and it's going to come down. And look, that that game in two weeks is huge. If the Chiefs can win against the Raiders and then beat the Bills, you're up a game with a breaker. And if you look at the Chiefs' schedule after the bye week, like they should handle some business. So. Big opportunity for them, but they got to take it one game at a time. The Raiders are next and enjoy this one for right now.
5: Shout out to Spags, who we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, another good job
2: by Spags. Um, I wanted to ask you guys not to not to put us on a negative note, but again, we saw some some struggle for Orlando Brown Jr. Is this going to be a theme for the season where the offensive line's playing well, but your left tackle. I noticed during the broadcast, and I hadn't heard about this, and I don't know if you've heard from any of your sources anything, Verdam. But I noticed during the broadcast, they said a couple times that well, he's been dealing with some some medical issues. You never know. Like I never know what to think about that. Like where'd that come from? They come from Orlando Brown's camp. Oh, you know he's he's banged up. That's why he's struggling this year after the whole contract thing. Oh, he just been having
3: yeah a knee injury for like the last couple of weeks. So
2: he's been he's dealing been with the injury knee. report. Do you think He's that's what's? Do you think that's what's holding them back, though?
3: I think. Well, I think it's a few things. He's not played well technique wise a couple times, um, and so I think that's part of it. I also think part of it is look the way the Chiefs play; they've put him on an island against some very good pass rushers. I mean, are we just going to be honest about it. I mean, look, they and is a very good player. the The Chargers, see, whatever you will, I mean, they've got a great. Duo right now, of course, down to one guy. And against the Cardinals, I actually thought the Chiefs offensive line was fine. The Cardinals blitzed every other play. Like, you're going to give up some hits. And it always looks like it's the tackles on blitzes because guys are screaming off the edge. But, like, that's Mahomes' responsibility. He knows the guy's coming free. You got to get rid of the ball. I think it's a little bit overblown with Orlando Brown. Like, I'm not saying he hasn't struggled at times. I also would say that, like, nobody thought coming into the year he was a top-five left tackle. Like, everybody thought reasonably against like, hey, top ten. Except for him. <laughs> fine, fine. But they didn't pay him like that for a reason, right? So Smart. like They were like, no, bro, you're a good player. You're not a great player. And that's what he is. Like, I think sometimes it's like, well, he's not Trent Williams, so he's not good now. Like, no, like look, he's not a great player. He's a good player. And he's gone against some really good edge rushers. I got to tell you, tonight – how many times did he get beat bad at once? I mean, who cares? Like, he's going to get beat occasionally. He's a human, right? Like, Barrett is a damn good edge rusher. So, I get it. Like, Brown hasn't been great. And I think part of the hate on him is it's like, well, you know, he didn't take the money and he didn't take the long-term deal and is he really a chief and all this stuff. But look, man, like he's a good player. He's not great. And if they're going to leave him on an island against – top five-level pass rushers, he's going to be beat occasionally.
4: The only issue is is the contract. If the contract right. never came yeah, out, of course. No, one would, no one would be saying any of this. He's right. a fine player, a good player, but you don't pay a good player, great player, or elite player money. That's hmm. what it comes down to. I know folks are going to come out and say, well, who's going to play left tackle? You draft a guy. Someone else yeah. who's going to play at a yeah. similar level for a lot less money. I mean it's just fascinating to me there there's no nuance when it comes to orlando brown jr it's either he's this great guy that the chiefs have to have because who else is going to play there or it's oh he's ass he's two scoops of ass he can't do anything can't get up his own way he's on his back like a turtle like there's some in between here dude is fine he's yeah. a, he's a honest eight to 12 he's left mid. tackle eight to 12 left tackle that's what he is
3: he's eric fisher yes like, yeah. they won a super bowl with eric fisher Like, he look, he's fine. Like, I'm not saying he can't get better and improve. That's, but like, guys, you know what? I got to tell you, everybody in the world loves Creed Humphrey. And like, rightfully so, he's a great player. He got killed against the Chargers. You go back and watch the tape of that game, the Chargers took it to Creed Humphrey all game. You know how many times I've heard anybody complain about Creed Humphrey?
4: If Creed Humphrey came out and talked about a contract, yeah, you're damn right. Right.
3: Look. It is what it is. Sometimes, and, and, by the way, it's not like Browns were like getting Mahomes killed in these games. Their entire line, to borrow Sterling's line, uh, was two scoops of ass against Indianapolis. They could not block anybody. So, like, look, I'm not saying he can't be better. And, by the way, if Max Crosby lines up across from him next week, you might want to help him. And if you don't help him, Crosby's going to get a few sacks in the game. That's going to happen. Like, you need to help sometimes. And with the interior that the Chiefs have, they should be able to help him. Like, it's not that hard. It's just not that complicated.
5: Lee Ketcher has an interesting thought here. Orlando Brown Jr. doesn't have the feet for speed rushers. He doesn't. Big, big power. I guy. agree. I agree. Yeah.
4: He's, he's Eric Fisher as far as where they rate out, but the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Both guys are like 8 to 12 in any yeah. in, in, in given season, but Fisher was the athletic good in pass protection, while Orlando Brown Jr. is the more mauler, big dude, good in run game. That's what it is.
5: And Sterling, you're right. We don't have to bring him back. We can, if it's reasonable. But we, it's got a good... yeah, we got
4: two sunk cost. We got don't two don't worry good... about the draft picks that were spent. It's a similar well, equation, transaction now.
5: We got two good years out of him, decent years. And if he signs somewhere else, we'll get a comp pick. Maybe a good comp pick. And then, you know, you you draft his replacement. Or if he if he keeps playing better and you like what you see during the rest of the season. You bring him back, but.
2: It'll be interesting. I mean, we'll see what happens. He's got a whole season to go here. Uh,
3: can, can I tell you guys right now? I'm yeah. like, like pretty damn sure it's going to happen. Sure, Let's sure. just take this for what it's worth. Probably gonna tag him again. So yeah. settle in, guys. Why wouldn't they? That's yeah. what's coming. So I, let me tell you something. Unless, unless he is absolutely awful, I'm going to tag him again. Like I remember when when the tag deadline came and went, and I talked to people just around the team, and I was told unequivocally, look, like they love him in the building. They think he's a good player. Then his next part they didn't say, but it's implied with the contract offer. They think he's a good, not a great player, but he's a good player who's helped them win. Okay, and then look, the rest of it was like, listen, it's fine. Like if if they were to tag him again, it's not crazy expensive for a left tackle. So, why not? Like, I, I would think unless he's really bad, they're going to tag him again. You know your left tackle is going to be next year? Orlando Brown Jr. That's who it's going to be. So, and, and by the way, that's fine. Like, you want to – like, look at – yeah. I think sometimes we get spoiled watching the Chiefs. But for my job, I have to watch the whole league. Okay, let me tell you something. You know how many teams would trade for Orlando Brown Jr. being their biggest problem? I watched the Denver Raiders game. That game set football back 50 years, about 30 different plays. Okay. I, I mean, I watch tape of these teams. are like, oh my God, they can't even, and we're talking like teams are going to make the playoffs. Okay. Not like, not like Houston, like teams that are going to win nine or 10 games. They're just like, oh my God, that is brutal football. <sighs> it, that happens all the time. All the time. And the Chiefs, like Chiefs win a game and like Orlando Brown gives up like a pressure. And people are like, well, what are you going to do now? Like, it's, it's, listen, if that's the worst problem you've got, enjoy that. Because one day you're going to have a lot bigger problems.
5: Yeah, Look try watching Bears. that uh, that <laughs> no. Cleveland-Atlanta game where oh. uh, the Falcons won with Marcus Mariota completing seven passes.
3: Look at Pittsburgh and the Jets. That game should have yeah. been put behind a paywall. <laughs> I, it's one of the worst football games I've ever seen. Zach yeah. Wilson at one point in that game literally was like 6 of 19 with two picks. And they won on the road. These games, then you have the team like the Ravens, who we all think are a good team. They blew a 20-3 to three lead. They couldn't get a point in the second half of the game. Part of that was Buffalo. Part of that was Baltimore couldn't execute out of, out of a box in the second half of that game. Look, every team has something. Every single team. So The Packers barely beat the freaking Pats and, and Zuppy at home. Right. Like, but you look at the Chiefs. like They look great. I mean, I, look, we all were pissed after last week, but you knew they were a really good team. They showed why tonight. I mean, they, they played a really good team tonight. They played a team that absolutely could be in the Super Bowl. They killed them. How many teams are capable of beating Tampa like that? I mean, honestly, how many teams? Do they that many points me? on
2: them? Like... Three,
3: two, none. Other than that, like that was an ass kicking of a top five team in the NFL. I'm
4: gonna give them. a. Shout out to Jay Ward, because I think it puts it into perspective. He goes, fans are much harder on their own team than other people. And I yeah. think that's a very fair point. We're, we're, we're talking about this as if Orlando Brown Jr. is this major issue and he was getting bull rushed the entire game and he was just on his back. We're talking about Rashad Fenton occasionally as if, oh, he's this you know unplayable cornerback. Reality, he's fine. Orlando Jr. is fine. Not every single player is going to be a Pro Bowl player. We know this. But we're always tougher because we watch every single snap. We watch every single play. We expect perfection. You're not going to get perfection. The Chiefs just beat and handled the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the best teams in the NFC, with the all-time greatest quarterback in Tom Brady, and they made it look relatively easy. They bounced back from a disaster game against the Colts. Offensive play calling, defensive play calling, special teams, they were all on one side, all, all, all moving. I mean, give a shout out to the special teams to Elijah Lee, Chris Lemons, Matthew Wright, Tommy Townsend, getting some of those snaps down.
5: Yeah, it,
1: yeah. it was yep.
4: just a fully faceted game, and we can't be too upset by it.
5: For them to come out after the special teams performance of last week and immediately start the game with a fumble—that's just a crazy 180. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know what? This was a fork in the road game for the Chiefs. It could have been bad. They could have got blown out like we thought might happen. We talked about it before the game. We were worried. Um, And then they would have been okay still, right? They would have been two and two, but you would have had the questions on all the national media outlets and the soul searching and all that because it would have been three bad games in a row. Instead, they came out, they showed championship medal. They took a really good team in their own house and whooped their ass. And I think... After last year where they struggled through most of the first half of the season, I think we're all good to see like, okay, little blips. Those are going to happen during the season. But I think we've seen the the bad that this team can be and we've seen the good that this team can be. And right now, they're 3-1 and one at the quarter pole-ish uh, of the season. And uh, they're looking good heading into a Monday night football tilt with the – Las Vegas Raiders. I'm never gonna get used to saying that. I'm never gonna get used to
4: say that. I, I still say San Diego Chargers, man. I'm San still I'm Chargers, way behind you.
2: Oakland Raiders. Los Angeles. They were Los Angeles Raiders when I was growing up. Um, St.
4: Louis Rams. Come on. <laughs> when I was growing up, <laughs>
2: the Seahawks were in the division. That's right. Yeah, the Seahawks yeah. were. The Seahawks were were a rival. Um, they listen, never everybody. We, we, uh, we got to get out of here. Um, but listen, on your way out, hit that thumbs up button. If you enjoyed the show and you want to be a part of the Arrowhead Attic community, consider becoming a member. The information is in the description. If you want to join, there's three different membership levels. You can hang out with us in the members only discord watching the games. We talk all throughout the week, talking chiefs football and other stuff to, um, Sterling. We've got to get a sunk cost t-shirt and start selling them like um, immediately. Like sunk should cost. You say,
3: I am a sunk cost.
4: I yeah. am a sunk cost.
3: It's hilarious. <laughs> I would wear that. I'd get like several. Like wear one every day of the week. Don't do you want worry a about like
4: Dome on it, or just or just, the, just oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. You want full picture? My ugly face. Let's on do a it. Yeah,
2: sunk cost. I love it. Um, I'll I'll talk to the graphic designers on that one. Uh, listen, everybody, we're gonna be back next week. Uh, we have the, the, the Monday mailbag with Matt Verderam. Then we've got the Tuesday show with Matt Connor. You need, speaking of Matt Connor, who's not with us tonight, do you know why? He's on arrowheadaddict.com right now, writing up an article, s- typing up a storm, giving you all the fallout from the game. You need to make sure that you're reading arrowheadaddict.com all throughout the week to get your news and Chiefs' opinions. And then back on Tuesday, Matt Connor, Sterling Holmes for the Tuesday show, Sterling oh. Holmes and Adam Best for the Wednesday show, which is a lot of fun, especially if you like pop culture. And, of course, Verderam and I will be back on Thursday to preview Chiefs Raiders.
3: We also have a pretty good interview coming tomorrow.
2: Good one. It's a really good one, I think, is uh, all good. You guys along. are going to want to see it. It, it yeah. is
3: one of the best interviews we will ever be able to give you, I'm sure. Yep. So, so hang
2: around
0: so the YouTube. You want to be your around.
2: One. So if you're not subscribed, smash the subscribe button because when this interview comes out tomorrow – You'll get to see it and you'll be one of the first. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for your support tonight. Shout out to our guy, Flapjack, Mike in Sweden, all of our members who support us week in and week out. Uh, we couldn't do the show without you. We appreciate you. And then one last shout out to our sponsors, the Kansas City Beer Company. Give them a shout at Casey Beer Co. For Adam Best, Sterling Holmes, Matt Verder, and my name is Patrick Allen. We will see you next week. But until then, go Chiefs.